It's time to accelerate. Hi, this is Andy. Welcome to another edition of Frontline Friday with my regular and very special guest, Bridget Gleason. Now, before we get to the show, Bridget and I have a favor to ask of you. Really appreciate it. If you took time right now to leave a review for this show on iTunes, and while you're there, click the button, subscribe to Accelerate, make sure you get Frontline Friday automatically each week. Also, we need to hear from you. More specifically, we need your sales questions. I mean, what can we answer for you? What challenges do you have that we can help you with? So go to accelerate.fm forward slash frontline and enter your question there. Each month, we're going to select one listener's question to be the question of the month. And the winner will receive a $50 Amazon gift card. So remember, go to accelerate.fm forward slash frontline to give us your question and maybe win 50 bucks. So Bridget, how are you today? Andy, I was really listening intently there to see if you would, if it would be still very special. There was a big pause, like, and I thought maybe you were going to use a different descriptor. Or as, maybe I was, I was reconsidering really the whole special thing. Reconsidering. Is she really special? Is she yeah. not that special? She's been kind of hard to get a hold of lately. So I'm glad that I've maintained my status. You still have. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. Yes, all Good. that's transparent to the people listening. But yes, yeah, you you may be hard to get hold of these days, but but they don't know that they don't know that. Good, and I'm sure you're special in their books as well. All right, all right. Good. So everything's good. Everything's good. Oh wait, no I didn't even get to ask. Complaints. You're just preempting me. I didn't even get to ask. You just said everything's good. You actually you're supposed to say everything is fantastic. I know. I'm trying to change it up a bit. Really, rebranding. I'm trying to rebrand. I'm trying okay. to change it up. I'm trying to change it up. <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good. So today, are you, where are you? Where Today, I am in beautiful Boston. And it's a beautiful day in Boston today. Sunny, warm for Boston. Well, not warm for Boston, but warm given the weather, how the weather has been in mm-hmm. Boston. Mm-hmm. And yeah. sunny. I think you and I talked about this before, that one of the great things about living in a place where the weather isn't nice all the time, like California, is you really appreciate when the weather turns nice. There's just a sense of appreciation and gratitude. And I don't know, it's kind of fun. I'm really, I'm, it's kind of fun. So what you're saying is... In California, you're, you you don't have gratitude for the nice weather because it's just what is. You take it for granted. You take it for granted. Of course, not if you lived in the San Francisco area this year where it rained incessantly. And I was there last week and it was raining still. <laughs> I know. I was there for a bit also. That's true. But for, but that's such an anomaly. And we need we – need, I'm still bicoastal. So I feel like I'm, I'm an East Coast and I'm a West Coast now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you but got my it. West Coast persona needed the the water. The rain. Got it, got it. And the East Coast, you just took a shower. Exactly. The exactly. East Coast, I could just like God. I don't think I'm in the shower, and I think I can use as much water as I want. Look how much it's raining out there. We <laughs> got no shortage. There you go. All right. So, I guess one question I have to ask is: Yeah, you know, did you get up and do your run this morning, Andy? Of course I did. Of course you did. Okay. So and I did. do you have any like races or competitions coming up? God, I know, you know, I used to do those. I used to, I've done a couple of marathons. I used to do 10 Ks. I haven't done a race or competition in quite some time. And let me tell you why, before you ask, 
Here's okay. one. I am so competitive with myself. And I, when I was training for a race, every morning I'd go out and I'd do my time and I needed to be better. And I've got too much going on right now that I had to take a break. Well, I've taken a long break. Like <laughs> I, I don't need any other things trying to compete with me. So I just, I put that on a pause, a big, long pause. So the answer is no, not okay. right now. All right. So in the future. Yes. Okay. All right. In well, the future. Good. In the future. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just checking, just to see. You have to some bar to measure yourself against. I've got enough. Okay. Remember, I, I know you haven't forgotten, but for any of our listeners, this is called Frontline Friday. Okay. Frontline. You're on the front lines. Yes. And when you're on the front lines, it takes a lot of focus. And so I have to choose where I, uh, where my, what my energy and attention is focused on. And so my mental energy goes to my front line. Right Got now, it. my front line is logs.io. Logs.io. That's my, front, that's my front line. All right. Well, I mean, if you guess you're not getting your competitive uh, you know, juices running by the, you know, running or doing half marathons or marathons, so on, so you've got it in business. Definitely. So, I, I, so I was at a conference a couple weeks ago, or actually maybe it was last week, <laughs> hard time remembering at this point, and got several questions from some people that sort of cornered me and were asking questions. And it's all about competition. That's why I sort of brought up you know, competitions early on is, is uh, my competition in sales. And, yeah, they were talking about, you know, somebody asked me, you know, how do you, how do you compete on price? <laughs> I thought it was an interesting question. And, I don't know, it got me thinking, okay, well, how much do you, how much do you worry about competition or think about competition? Well, when isn't there competition? When is there really no competition? No um, competition. You've got no competition. Right. Now you always have competition. But, but I mean, dude, I know some people are really fixated on it, right? I mean, they talk about having their deals, they're going to have competitive strategies and so on. And I, I don't know. I, I've spent years in extremely competitive businesses, but I, I couldn't control the competition. I was only focused on what, what I could do. So I think that's true. I think it's, I can only focus on what I can do also, but it's helpful for me to have an understanding, at least to know where I'm strong, where the competition might be not so strong. And so to sort of understand how I may be able to differentiate based on what the competition has, that's not the only strategy because like what you're saying Reps sell differently. Let me just take a step back. I have two reps in the office. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about two. I don't have just two, but these two reps in the office. One can they hear you now? No, no, they're they're they can't hear me right now. But I wouldn't care if they did. Okay. But one of them has the approach that you have, which is people ask about competition. He'll say, "You know what? I'm not an expert on them, but here's what I do know." And given the problem that you have, this is how we solve it. The other one takes a slightly different approach and understands ahead of time sort of where the landmines are, given what the competition 
uh, doesn't have and we have and mm-hmm. really works to play off where we're strength, strong versus maybe what the competitor is. So there are different ways to handle it. I think you need to have it, both of them work. Both of them work. And I think the, the focus is what is the problem you have and how can I help you solve it? That's, that, has to, that has to be the focus. They've got other competition. People don't buy necessarily the product or service that solve. They don't necessarily buy the problem or service that solves the problem the best, nor is the cheapest. Sometimes they do, but they're just looking for someone to solve the problem. That's mm-hmm. my experience. Yeah, no, I, I I agree 100. I mean, that's that's. I always felt like I was competing against my own. And I still do. I feel like I'm I'm competing against my own limitations. Yeah. To be able to help the the prospect. Yes. And you know, thus that's the motivation to keep learning and and you know, be able to provide more value to the prospects that I deal with because yeah, I, I there could be somebody way smarter than me. That's that's competing against me uh, from a competitor. Let's say for a prospect's business. But to your point, if if I can just get better at helping them solve their problem, then yeah, that that's all I can worry about. And if I do that, and if I keep working at it and mastering it, then the odds of me winning the business goes up. Yeah, I think even this weekend, I went and I bought new running shoes. This weekend, and I don't buy for that, new running for that race you're entering. For the race I'm entering. Mm-hmm. I don't buy new running shoes. Well, I I tend to buy the same shoe over and over. Buy it online. I haven't gone to a store to buy a shoe for a long time. I know what? it's my sizes. I know the brand I like. I know the... So I'm getting buy? cheaper what's, online. What's your brand? I like... Um, well, I have, I have a different brand pair right now, but I've had typically these Asics. Mm-hmm. And Andy, it's... I'm, I can't tell you how long I've had. I just buy whatever the new version model they come out with. I just buy that, buy that. I've done it for probably 20 years. The gel Keano. It's the gel. It's not the, it's maybe the Keano now. Yeah. And I just never, like, I don't get injured. I don't get, I, so I stick with it. Yeah. It's a great reason to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, me too. I've run mostly in New Balance. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, um, I, when I was traveling once, I'm just trying not to make this so tangential, but it does relate. When I was traveling, they didn't have the kind I wanted. I bought a different pair and I love them. They're, they're Adidas. I bought them in London and I haven't been able to find the follow on. So I went to a store here in Boston, Marathon Sports. They helped me try on a bunch of shoes and I knew I can, I can, I can get these online. I can figure it all out online. I can do all of this online. They're not the cheapest. They may not even be the best, but here was somebody who was willing to go through and help me identify what sort of what I needed. Mm -hmm. And I trusted this person, this marathon sports, um, a lot of runners go there. I bought them. Yeah. I can get them cheaper somewhere else. Yes, I could have gone and had a different brand that may be slightly better for my foot. I went with, with a, a name that I knew and trusted. I valued that they helped me. I knew they were more expensive, and I still bought them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's the best, how, best solution for your problem. I'm um, Exactly. At that time. 
at that particular moment in time. And they, it was frictionless. And I think that's what our prospects and buyers are looking to us for. Where, who's going to help me solve the problem? Where's the, the least amount of friction? Who, well, we, we can make a running analogy out of this because, you know, friction and running shoes result in blisters, you know. See? Sales blisters. Avoid sales blisters. Exactly. That's what people don't want when it's you're hard to deal with and they don't like putting the <laughs> shoes on in the morning and they hurt and they and so that the just the easier you are to deal with the better. And so competition, yes, who's the competition? Well, there are there were five running stores uh, like within a half mile radius, literally half mile radius, competition all over the place. I didn't go to the cheapest. I didn't go. I, I went with reputation and I went with who's going to help me. So I happened to wander into that one. Mm-hmm. Had, had I not had the salesperson created more friction, I would have walked out. I wouldn't have bought him. I would have gone two doors down. I would have gone online. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, I, not to overwhelm people with running shoe stories, but I also bought some running shoes two weekends ago. And yeah, similar issue. I always go to, you know, you give your plug to Marathon, you give my plug to Roadrunner Sports if you're in the San Diego area. Plus, they have stores elsewhere in the yeah, country. Yeah, they're good. I like them too. But the services is excellent. They do the fittings, you know, on the machines, the, you know, they have their treadmill and their shoe fitting <laughs> devices that, uh, yeah, you can do the little shoe dog uh, assessment. And yeah, I mean, you're at that point, unless you're just absolutely positively convinced you need to get the absolute lowest priced, lowest price, excuse me. Yeah, you're not you're not gonna walk out of there before you buy a pair of shoes. Because they've helped you. I mean, you know, in depth. Yeah, they've done a lot to help. Right. Right. And so I value that. Oh, I do too. Yeah, that's uh <laughs> you have a there's a VIP club at Roadrunner and and <laughs> not this time but the time before when I went to uh, went to Roadrunner they I always ask me to check out are you a member of our VIP club because you get a little extra discount and she I said yeah and she looked at my record and she goes oh yes you are <laughs> she like, did yeah I was like yeah I know I've, I've probably paid some people salaries in here yeah it's weakness new it's running a good shoes thing. I know. Shoes. I know getting having good new running shoes is so great. Yeah, yeah. And I could probably I'm sure I could wear my longer, but what can I say? I don't I'm not as bad as some people, but I I my wife would tell you I I could probably wear mine a little bit longer. <laughs> well, if that's if that's your one thing. It's <laughs> if, probably not your one if, thing, but if it's that was that's my okay. one thing, yeah. If that was my one thing. It sounds like it's not. Yeah, she'd be laughing if she heard this. So, um, okay, so competition. We sort of, sort of went through that a little bit. I, I to sort of wrap it up. I mean, we we always have competition on a deal, right? I mean, that could be the status quo. I mean, in most cases, that is the competition. And you know, I think that's one that that reps don't spend enough time thinking about, right? Because they presume if the customer's in process and there's multiple companies, there are multiple vendors they're talking to, that it's sort of a yeah done deal that the customer's actually going to make the decision to do something. 
And we all know from our own experience and experience managing teams and pipelines that, yeah, that a high fraction of the time, nothing happens, right? The, the decision is made to do nothing for the right moment. And so I work with people and say, look, you really have to consider this. And this is based on research that a, a professor at Ohio State, I think is, I'll say Paul Nutt is his name, but I, I could have the last name wrong. But where he said, you know, when people are making decisions, there's actually two sort of decisions that get made. He calls one a decision and one a choice. Is that, first of all, you have to make the decision where you think you're going to make a change. So the, right. the buyer has to say first, make this binary decision. Yes, no, we're going to make a change or we're not going to make a change. And I think too often sales reps find themselves selling past that point too early. And what they should be doing is really focusing early on you know, making those connections, getting engaged, identifying the issues and where the gaps are that need to be filled, and making sure early as possible that the prospect really understands the value proposition and has enough information to make that go-no-go decision. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think it's very easy to skip over that. And I always tell the team here that, that how you set up the, the, that first call and what that initial discovery is, is likely the most important because that sets the tone for the entire engagement and your, how you work together. And if you haven't, and the discovery continues all the way through, but if you, if you haven't fully explored the implications of say, for example, doing nothing, it's going to be hard when it comes to budget time for them to vote in your favor mm-hmm. if they if you if they haven't really if you haven't really explored that with them. Well, vote in favor of doing something. So I mean, what, doing something. What, yeah, yeah. So what? Again, I think as Paul Nutt was his name is said is yeah. Once then the binary decision is made, then the buyer has to make a choice about who they're going to make the change with. So there's this decision point first. Yes, no, binary decision. We are going to make a change. We aren't going to make a change. And to your point is if you haven't helped the customer understand the value, and I don't think it has to be to the nth degree because there's still more selling to be done, but they have to know to enough of a degree to understand that, yes, we can make a decision confidently that moving ahead with the change is going to help us meet our, our objectives, our aspirations, our goals, whatever. But if you, if you sort of sell past it, yeah, you're going to get that dreaded no decision decision. Right, because you've just skipped over. You've just, you've just skipped over it, and typically reps will go to, like you said, they'll get, they'll get caught in the weeds. Well, well, so, caught, go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, I so said get caught in the weeds talking about the features. This is a great feature, and how might that help? Or even getting, getting locked in the competition. That's another place to get caught in the weeds. Focus too much on that as opposed to focus on what their problem is and how you're helping them to solve it. Well, and so here's the real critical issue is if you sell past that initial decision, that initial binary decision, and the customer decides to go ahead, it means that they made their decision to go ahead probably based on someone else's value proposition. Yeah, you know, I had a conversation today with a 
a candidate we're talking to about for a VP of customer success role. Mm-hmm. And he asked, what were the, after, after they become a customer, what were their expectations? What are their ex- expectations of what LogSide was going to provide? And we had a really good discussion about that. And I said, you know, I think our problem right now is we haven't done a good job as a salespeople, setting up what those expectations should be, understanding what the customer's expectations are, mm-hmm. and then helping also to define them. That all starts at the beginning. And, and even in terms of like what you're talking about, the once they've made a decision to, yes, I want to buy something, and even if let's say they end up buying it, were you the one that helped set the expectation for are they going to be happy with it after they bought it? The selling doesn't stop after you've closed the deal, especially in a SaaS company. Oh, no, not at all. And so you've got to, you, the selling needs to keep to continue. And again, if you haven't, if you've sold past that initial sort of what is the pain and what's the solution uh, for that, if you've just sold past that too quickly. And it's sort of a muddy value proposition that they don't even know exactly what it is that they should expect. You can have a really difficult time when it comes to, let's say, you get the deal. What time? When it comes to renewal, when it comes to keeping them as happy customers, it's going to be more challenging. Yeah, I mean, this is. I don't, I don't know if we've spoken about this before, but I know I've addressed it with other guests. Is that, and it's really important for for everyone to keep in mind, is that. When a customer makes the decision, assuming there are multiple vendors selling into the situation, into the, the buyer, is when they make their decision, it's very likely that in their mind, their mind, the buyer, that they have conflated the best features from everyone they spoke to. And so what their expectation of what they're getting is really an amalgamation of what the product, all the products that were sold to them, maybe not, you know, <laughs> at least at a high level, and sometimes even at a detailed level, and that's just natural because you know people are human beings and they're trying to absorb a lot of information over a relatively short period of time, and they get confused. God, so, that's so interesting. So I've never thought of that. So what's really important to do is after you get a deal, especially a, a big deal, but I, I. You know, have reps do it after every deal. Is you get the order, and the next day you pick up the phone, you call the customer, and you just say, "Hey, I just want to review what it is you ordered," and say you start by saying, "You know, you came to us with these requirements. This is what we proposed. This is why you purchased it. This is what we're going to deliver, and when." And you can do that all in like fifteen minutes, and then you've reset expectations. So they know what you're idea. delivering. And it's just a great way so that you get that first you know, implementation period going on. And if the customer's confused and they still think something in their mind unintentionally you know, that you're going to deliver, it really was you know, your primary competitor, that's a bad place to be in. Such a good idea to do that. We do, 
we do sort of a version of that with a proof of concept document that kind of follows them through the process Mm -hmm. and that they have as the prospect has as a selling document for them internally as well. But I like the sort of summary right after they've purchased. I think that's such a great idea. Just again, because the selling doesn't stop after you've gotten the purchase order. Right. No, Absolutely. Especially you know, a SaaS business, any other sort of subscription service-based business. Yeah, set those expectations because if, if they have a bad experience right off the bat, as you mentioned before, that, that's going to stick with them. And when it comes time to renew, eh, that's, that could be problematic. Definitely can be problematic. That's the last thing you want because every time you get up for a renewal, again, they've, they've, they're mentally in this question mark state again. Mm-hmm. Do I renew with XYZ company? Well, let me pick my head up and see what else is out there. Yeah, because they surprised me the last time when you really didn't. But their perception was you did. Right. So, and their managers, I know that counsel against doing that call because they're afraid the customer is going to like buyer's remorse and cancel the order. And that's just BS. It never happens. Never, never, never happens. So, do, do that refresher call. I call it the most important sales call you can make because... Yeah, if you don't start off that relationship on a good foot, yeah, you're going to lose that customer when it comes time to renew. So that's, that's where a SaaS model is great for our customers. It's good for us, too. It's good for us, too. It keeps us on our toes as salespeople and product development, I mean, everything, engineering, service, customer mm-hmm. success, support. We've all got to deliver... Uh, better, more consistent, reliable service because it's easier than ever for customers to make a change and go somewhere else. Absolutely. All right, Bridget, we've come to the end of, well, this uh, this episode. So soon, so soon. Yeah, luckily not the end end. Not the end end. So uh, it's, you know, friends, thank you again for joining us like you do every Friday. And make sure you come back again next Friday to join us. And in the meantime, you can listen to all these great episodes of Accelerate that are on every day of the week as well. And uh, Bridget, until next week. Until next week, I will talk to you then. All right. Good selling, everyone. <laughs>